Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Betty White is here as always, and we're back for episode 51 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Today, we have a Spark in Our Lives episode for you who is here to inspire you to live a healthier life. Actually, all of our guests really inspire us and hopefully the guests to live a healthier physical and mental life. Oh, they sure do. But before we get to her, let's get to our review of the week. Today's review comes from Leah Morgan. Leah says, not only are the interview episodes exactly what I need to hear, but Shannon and Jerry are authentic. They don't pretend to be living the perfect life, but they went after the life they desired, similar to their guest, and that authenticity is refreshing. And so is your comment, Leah. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Thank you so much. Gosh, so that much. really yeah, warms our hearts. Yep, that's really sweet. Yeah, and, and um, no, it's not it's, sunshine and rainbows, but it, you know, we we did cultivate the life that we want, and I think, yeah, I, I think we did, yeah. And it's it's, but it's great to uh, have the encouraging words from people like you to keep us going. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of warming our hearts, if you want to do some heartwarming, head over to lovethepodcast.com slash Adventures and leave us a five-star review, please. It means so much to us and helps get out our content to other people who may be interested in it and the type of episodes that we, you know, work on each week. All righty. Well, today's guest is Lisa Baker. This conversation was truly inspiring and will get you thinking about living a healthier life even before the new year. Right. There's no need to wait for the new year to get healthy, right? That's right. But uh, Lisa is going to talk about all around health, what she offers to help. Are you ready to get to the convo? Yes, let's get to it. Let's do it. Well, we told you a little bit about our guest earlier, but now we're going to dig deep into her background, her bio, and then learn all about her. But our guest today is Lisa Baker. Lisa is an employee wellness consultant, health coach, author, blogger, podcaster, and woefully underpaid COO of a busy family of four spread across the globe. Lisa brings her passion, knowledge, and experience to the table to help you reach your health goals. Lisa spent almost 20 years in various roles in the nonprofit world, most recently working as a grants manager at a food systems organization that works at the intersection of healthy food access, sustainable agriculture, and social justice. We love. Her sweet spot as a coach is supporting overworked, overscheduled, overtired, and over it all workers in the social change nonprofit sector. More simply, Lisa's mission is to support your team in being well. 
Lisa, you sound like you are so busy and I can't wait to hear how you don't burn out. So thank <laughs> you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Been there, done that. Nah, don't need to go back to burnout again. <laughs> yeah. Before we even get started, I, you know, when you were talking about sustainable agriculture, social justice, my mind goes to a lot of different things. We don't have kids, but I've seen tons of documentaries and I have two nieces who I think about in this way about the food that are in schools. I always think about that. And, and, you know, the documentaries talk about, it's all about, you know, money and partnerships and all that. Yeah. And then I think about food deserts and ways that people, you know, maybe don't have access to great food. So I just, I love your whole mission. It, I, I can't wait to hear more about your background, but you, you've had quite a career working in industries across the health and nonprofits. So tell me a little bit about your career background. How did you get into uh, what you're doing now? And what kind of thrives, what, what, what brings on the passion that you have for it? Sure. I, I have one of these CVs, you know, my resume is like, <laughs> what has this woman been doing for 57 years? Like she's completely unemployable or you look at it and go, oh my God, this woman can do anything. <laughs> right, right. And I will tell you that I actually look at it the second way, of course, and you may be shocked to know that my first career was in teaching foreign language, specifically Mandarin Chinese. What? Wow. Yes. So that was my first career. And uh, believe it or not, it has a lot to do with health coaching and my current career. <laughs> and we'll get to that, I'm sure. I became a teacher of foreign language. I sort of fell into it because my parents were foreign language teachers and huh. they taught Russian. I taught Chinese. People were like, wait, how are you not working for the CIA? Uh, when I met my husband, uh, we realized that it was going to be very hard for both of us to be in the same field and get a job in the same place. You probably know academic couples who commute, you know, they have these commuter marriages because it's very hard to find a job in the same sector and in the same department, almost impossible. The funny part to that story is <laughs> he now lives and works in Hong Kong. So figure that out. My, my sister-in-law calls it my international commuter marriage. <laughs> Which might work out very well. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I was I was pretty grateful for it during the pandemic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so I started out teaching foreign language. Uh, I left it when we got together and went back to working in the food industry, working in restaurants because it was a good way to make money. And I'd been there and in high school and college and very quickly realized that I didn't want to be on the serving side. I wanted to be back at the house, but I didn't really want to be in the restaurant business because it's still a pretty rough business for women. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I wanted to be a caterer and we moved to Chicago. I went to culinary school and uh, became a caterer and private chef. And then we had kids and you can't do you can't do kids and catering very easily because your kids need you when your clients need you, like right. nights, weekends, holidays. So I walked away from that and just took a job, like no career involved. I'm just going to work as a parish administrator in a church. So that was part of my first foray into nonprofit work. So I was a parish administrator there. And then I stayed in it those sort of administrative jobs for a while uh, and then landed at this wonderful organization called Fair Food Network in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And they were involved in bringing a wonderful program to uh, first to farmers markets and then to grocery stores. And uh, 
they are now nationwide. They're in many, many, many states. But when I started, there were like three of us in the office. <laughs> it was so fun to build this thing. And their program is called Double Up Food Bucks. And what they do is they, if you spend your SNAP funds, your, your food stamp money on produce at participating locations, they double your money up to a certain amount to buy more produce. Oh. And they brought in the whole local component because the original program was if you spend $20 of your SNAP money at a local farmer's market, we'll double your money up to $20 and you have to buy local produce with that. So they were serving the, the underserved populations and also getting the local small and medium sized farmers. Oh a new market. I mean, it was just brilliant, like system. That is, I, mean, I was just, they can't see us, but we both yeah. just did the mind blowing thing. That's exactly <laughs> what this, I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a wonderful organization to work for. And it was a lot of work. It was mm -hmm. writing a lot of grants because guess what? When you promise somebody that I'm going to give you $20 for every $20 you spend, that money has to come from somewhere. And yeah. I was the one sitting in the back room writing the grants for it. <laughs> so, um, really started to to burn out in that job and uh loved it loved the mission loved the people and it just kind of stopped feeding my soul and during that time i i was also teaching cooking classes uh, which i had done for a long time and started realizing that yes you know food is important and there are a lot of other things in our lives that nourish us or don't and so I connected with Institute for Integrative Nutrition, got certified as a health coach, and here I am. <laughs> so long wow. story, but here I am. But the, the joke is, you know, my, my husband used to say the the ideal job for you would be like administrative assistant in a culinary school that teaches Chinese cooking, you know? <laughs> I joke that it sounds really weird and discombobulated and disconnected, but honestly, I... Every job that I've done, every career that I've had has fed into health coaching and employee yeah. wellness. And it's like, oh, that's why I did that. Because really teaching people about health is a little bit like teaching them a foreign language. Like I'm going to teach you a new language around health. And a lot of the exercises I do with my coaching clients have to do with language, have to do with changing the way you speak, because as you probably know, that rewires the way your brain works. Right. So if you can start saying and where you normally say, but if you can say I choose to instead of I should, it's amazing what happens in your brain if you keep right. doing this over time. So the language came in, of course, I'm now an entrepreneur. So all of that administrative work came in and the nonprofit sector really gave me a passion for social justice. So I'm really trying to figure out ways to bring health coaching to everybody, not just, you know, the people who like can afford them and may not really need them, but it's sort of a status symbol. Like I have a health coach, you know, <laughs> so trying to figure out ways to bring my programs, not only to individuals who wouldn't normally reach out to a health coach, but also to organizations who think we can't do that for our staff. There's no way we can afford that. You know, there's this sort of lack mentality that happens, especially in the nonprofit sector about we can't afford that. There's no way we can do that. So that's part of my mission as well. I would imagine, especially in nonprofit and when you're uh, proposing this to them, I would imagine what comes up is, you know, all of this feeds, for the lack of a better word, into reducing burnout in nonprofits. Yes. Burnout in a nonprofit, in the nonprofit sort of social change sector is very different from burnout everywhere else, because right. you think about, you know, if you 
don't hit your goals in the corporate world, you may not get a, a bonus that year. You'll probably still have a job. In the nonprofit sector, if you burn out, it's like a child goes hungry or a teenager commits suicide, an old person yeah. dies alone. And the people who are attracted to that are very much chronic caregivers. So they are, you know, they're passionate about the work. So they're doing it and all day they're helping other people. And then especially women, we come home at night and what do we have? We have an entirely new audience who needs all of our attention and all of our care. Right. And so what about us? Well, we get put on the back burner and we just slide right off the back most times. It reminds me, you know, we, our business prior to us having this whole lifestyle change was in the pet industry and we would constantly just learn and, and grab as much information as we could about the, the mental health part of it, because we knew we were suffering and we were able to recognize it, although we didn't stop it immediately. But one of the things that I'm thinking about that relates to this is compassion fatigue oh, yeah. and how strong that is in the pet industry with vets and caretakers and anyone who works with animals at all to nonprofits, even if they're not pet related, like you just yeah. said, yeah. with the children or, or whatever that the cause is that you're working for. There's a lot of compassion and empathy that goes towards that. And then you, you fatigue, you it's, it's real. Yeah. You wear out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just that chronic caregiving, whether it's people or mm -hmm. animals or the environment, it's a very different flavor of burnout, I think, than, than yeah. the general public, than the government sector and in the, the private sector. So, right. I agree. Talking about when you also said that about language and we had a, a guest on who um, is plant-based advocate, she's on social media and she was talking about how before she even, you know, ate, ate vegetables at all that she would hear whole foods, you know, whole foods and you should eat whole foods. And she's like, I can't always shop at whole foods. Not capitalized, right? Right, right, right. Not the trademark whole foods. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think for, I think we assume, and I used to be that way too. I think we assume a lot of people understand what whole foods are or what clean eating is. And yeah. so when you're talking about the, the language, it's so great that you have that background because I am most certain that it helps when you're oh, explaining yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And even, even this idea that, you know, she's plant-based, that's great because in a lot of ways there was this, or there still is this term vegan and there are lots of ways to be a very unhealthy vegan. 100%. You know, it's like yeah. Oreos. Really? Are they good for you? No, but they're vegan. Right. <laughs> I remember back in 20, I think four, 14, Jerry and I stopped eating meat. And we, you know, again, thought that, oh, well, we're going to be so healthy. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we were just eating anything that wasn't meat. So it was Pasta, just terrible rice, food. Bread. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Lots of it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. so it, it really takes learning and understanding it. And I still am learning more every day, but I think that's, what's so great about having someone like you come in and, <laughs> and put someone through it. 
Yes. Well, one of my one of my big things is I, I ask my clients to, you know, take a look, look, look at your plate. You don't have to. It doesn't have to go on Instagram. You, But if it helps you take a picture, <laughs> take a look at that plate or take a picture of it and really figure out, like, if you think of it as a pie, how much of that pie is actually vegetables? Mm. Right? We're aiming for 50 to 75 percent vegetables two or three meals a day. I have clients who are like, yeah, you know, I went out for chicken wings and then I didn't want the salad. And I was like, start with the salad. Then have the chicken wings. Yeah, <laughs> it takes practice, you know, to get those, those, those habits into place. Speaking of habits, talk about what what is micro habit stacking and integrative nutrition. So listen, we're probably not the first to introduce you to the topic of CBD or CBD oil. If you're anything like us, it seems like every time you turn around, you're seeing a neon sign for CBD sold here at your local grocery store in a window as you're driving by, or it flashes across your screen in an online ad. Shannon's sister told us about the benefits she was having from a brand she was using, and then we started paying attention to that brand. Spoiler alert, that brand is Danodan. Full transparency, we get about two to three CBD brands reaching out to us every week. And it wasn't until we started digging into the research that we learned that CBD isn't always CBD. They're just not all the same. Danadan Hemp Works makes organic hemp flower infusions. They're more than just CBD. Danadan's range of hemp products dissolve easily into any liquid and support your routine by helping you manage daily stress, promote healthy sleep, provide caffeine-free energy, and recover from activity-related stiffness and soreness. They also have CBD hemp flower infusion specifically designed for pets, and Betty White uses it every day. She loves it. We put it on our food. And with Danodan, you'll enjoy all the benefits of legal hemp, not just one or two compounds isolated in a lab. Get 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. We'll link it for you in the show notes. That's 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. Danodan, more than just CBD. If you can explain those to us. Absolutely. So let's start with integrative nutrition. Uh, Integrative nutrition uh, is based on a few really core principles. Number one is bioindividuality. You and I are not the same. And what feeds you, what nourishes you may be toxic to me. So I like to say, you know, there's a saying that one man's, one man's uh, food is another man's poison, right? So you can think very specifically about like gluten. Some people can't eat it. Some people don't have any problems with it. I like to say your kale might be my kryptonite. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but this idea that we we constantly look outside ourselves for information about what to do to get healthy. And very often the answer is not out there, it's inside us. So there's that bioindividuality slash intuition principle where stop looking outside yourself and figure out what nourishes you right now. The second principle is something called primary and secondary foods, which is the food you put in your mouth is secondary to everything else in your life your career, your uh, relationships, your spiritual practice, your time in nature, your sleep, all of these things come into your life in positive or negative ways, and they affect what you put in your mouth. So I like to say, if you hate your job, your boss is a jerk, your coworkers make you crazy, 
you're much more likely to come home and stand in front of the freezer and eat ice cream out of the container with the door open, you know, than right. is somebody who loves their job and is completely fulfilled and loves their coworkers and their boss is wonderful. So it's it's just a really simple example of how primary foods like career or job affect what you put in your mouth. That is sort of my first principle of of healthy eating, which will be different for everybody. But the first thing is eat when you're physically hungry, like learn to tell physical hunger from emotional hunger and eat when you're physically hungry. So those two principles, bioindividuality and primary and secondary foods are really core to integrative nutrition. So yes, most people who work with me as one-on-one -on -one clients come to me because I have this culinary background and they're like, ooh, I could learn to cook and meal plan. And yes, and when I work with somebody for 12 sessions, after about two sessions, it's never about the food. It's about their job. It's about, you know, no spiritual yeah. practice. It's about not moving their body enough. It, all these things that come in. That's really the basis of integrative nutrition. A third sort of maybe second level principle is that of crowding out, which is try telling somebody that they can never have a piece of chocolate cake again. That's not going to go over very well. As they right. say, you know, that's going to go over like a fart in church. It's just not, right. not going to be good. So the other idea is that we're going to start adding in so much good stuff that you won't crave the bad stuff as much, or you just won't have room for it. Right. Although I have a friend who says, I have a dessert pocket. So no matter how much I eat, that pocket is ready for dessert. <laughs> but the idea of crowding out is really like, you face choices every single day, all day long. So like apple or chocolate cake, Netflix or do a workout, you know, doom scroll or go to bed early. Right. These choices are going to come at you fast and thick. And if you can think about not saying I'm never going to doom scroll, I'm never watching Netflix and I'm never eating chocolate cake. Instead, you start by saying, okay, how about I have the apple first? And then if I want it, I can still have the chocolate cake. What you're doing, and this goes back to my idea of like 50 to 75% of your plate needs to be vegetables, is a lot of us are energetically overfed. We get way too many calories in the United States. And when you look at what we obsess over on the nutrition label, it's because we're obsessing about proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Those are the three things that give us calories, right? And if you're so obsessed about your macros and your balancing of those, you're obsessing about how much energy you're getting. And for the most part, Americans are getting way too much of all of those. So we have this, this bizarre, like you see overweight and obese people, and yet they are nutritionally, if you were to take their, their blood work and figure out, you know, their nutritional status, they are actually starving yeah, because they're not getting what? All the micronutrients, the the uh, vitamins, the minerals, right. the water, right. the fiber, and cool fact: your body can't do anything with proteins, fats, and carbohydrates unless you're giving it those vitamins, minerals, fibers, and water. Your body just right. doesn't know what to do with it all, so it just turns it into fat. Do you think with that? I feel like I know the answer to this, but I, I feel as though when one goes to their doctor, and I, I always want to preface it with, I'm not downing healthcare. I feel like I do Absolutely it a lot, not. so I'm not downing it. Absolutely not. Providers are wonderful. You know, thank God they're in our life. But yes. I, my 
my question here is, do you feel like it happens a lot where a healthcare provider may tell someone, you know, you have a deficiency of, you know, D here, take the supplement or, or K mm -hmm. or whatever, take the supplement instead of, well, why don't you eat more kale or eat more lettuce or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you think that that, I feel like we're, I think, yes. I think supplements are great, but I also think we are over supplement rather than looking at the diet. Absolutely. There is more and more evidence that our bodies absorb nutrients from whole foods much better than we do from supplements. There's that. And there's also some really good news on this front, which is you used to go to the doctor and that doctor has probably had maybe, maybe one semester of nutrition, maybe. So this is not their forte. This is not what they are trained to do. They're not trained to tell you this is how you should be eating. And you, you probably know that if you go to the doctor and they tell you to lose 30 pounds by the next time they see you, they're also not telling you how to do that. Right. Go, go lose 30 pounds and then come back. Well, you need to help me with that, or you need to right. direct me to somebody who can help me. Right. And I think, I think physicians are getting much more savvy about this. Some are using health coaches in their practices. Mm -hmm. Some are taking cooking classes and some are taking more nutrition. So I think there's, it, there's generally room for optimism there. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully sure. some are saying, you know what? not my wheelhouse. I'm going yes. to refer you out. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think there's a lot of, of room for optimism there. And I will say that I think health coaches can be feeding this problem where, you know, you felt like you had to apologize before you even said that, but there could be some contention between both, you know, Western medicine and Eastern medicine, but also Western and sort of conventional and alternative and health coaches have, have tended to be very alternative. Sometimes talk smack about the MDs. Like you should never go to an MD. They don't know. No, there is right. room for the table at the table for everyone. Right. Everyone right. Everyone belongs at this table, not just the woo woo people and not just the MDs. And I think the more we come to it with this attitude of abundance, like people need our help. Let's yes. make a team and help this person rather than yes. I don't I, want you to take my client and make him into a patient. And you know. It is a team. I, I feel yeah. like I say that all the time and, and it's just from experience. I mean, yeah. I, I've talked about this on the show before. It's not news, but I, previous to COVID, I was very overweight and I, I lost a total of about 70 pounds and it was not because a a doctor, I love my provider now. It was not her, but it was not because a doctor didn't tell me I needed to. Uh -huh. Of course he told me I needed to, Yeah. but I had no idea what it's like, okay, well, I'll cut my calories and well, then I star and, and then, then I yeah. go binge eating and, and I was also depressed and had yeah. all these things going on up here in my brain. And it was all a whole, a, a whole, it was holistic, but it was all a whole team, uh, team approach, you know, it was yeah. a nutritionist, it was therapy. It was yeah. a bunch of and different an MD. Yeah. An MD who yeah. did, did my blood work and, and right. made sure I was healthy and safe. And yes, I, there is definitely a place for everyone, but I always say it took my team and it took me advocating for myself because I feel as though 
no one on that team was going home at night stressing out about how I'm doing. Nobody is. I need right. to care about it myself too. Yeah. It's so, reclaiming, reclaiming that agency over your health and yeah. believing that, yeah, actually, you know a fair bit about yourself because you are bio-individual and, and it really, this leads right into our discussion of like, what is this, what is this system, you know? This episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan. We love Southern Oak Artisan. Their candles bring a really cool vibe to our bungalow. They do. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, and we love that they're in these you know, really cute little jars, reusable by the way, but their clean scents are light and not overwhelming like other candles. My favorite is the morning brew. Any time of day that smells good. Mm, mine is the lime but no salt. Or maybe the Sommelier Chardonnay. Do you think there's a theme going with me there? Oh, maybe. <laughs> they have really great scents to choose from. They are only made with the highest quality ingredients, so they aren't toxic like a lot of candles are. 100% natural soy, clean, fragrance oils. You just feel good with the air in your home being clean while burning these candles. Mm, yes. Well, for our listeners, we have a discount code. It is ADVENTURE, and it will save you 10% off of your order at southernoakartisan.com or their Etsy shop. We're going to link it for you in the show notes, too. Southern Oak Artisan, curating something a little bit extra. It's the Southern way. But, you know, yeah. engage, like engaging your inner wisdom is so important. And it's very funny because we actually are very intuitive. And I have so many clients who tell me, oh, I'm not at all intuitive. It's like, oh, yeah, you really are. You are catching on to what your intuition is saying. And then you're saying, nope, not paying attention to you. <laughs> this primary secondary food thing, you know, I can give you a secondary food example, which is, you know, it's it's hundred degrees out and really humid and you're coming over for lunch and I serve you hot soup and I don't have air conditioning. Like, what is your intuition doing? What the hell lady? No. And you're backing away and you're like putting up your hands, right? That's your intuition. Right. And if I were to say, you know, we're having ice cream, lean in. Yes, please. I need some ice cream. That's your body. That's your intuition. And so often we don't pay attention to that. Primary food example is kind of like you're one of those moms who lives at school. You know, that's what my kids used to call them. <laughs> you're one of those moms who lives at school and we love them because they volunteer for everything. So not everybody has to do it. Yes, but yes. You know, you've been volunteering and volunteering and I'm the principal and I come to you. I'm like, hey, I really need you to chair the prom committee. What do you do? Oh, hell no. Right? Yeah. Hell no. I am doing enough. Or do you go, oh yeah, that's what I've been aiming for all this time. <laughs> It doesn't matter which one it is, right? We laugh at one or the other. Yes. But it doesn't matter. Like, you're right. Individuality. You might be dying to chair that prom committee. You might be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that whole, you know, leaning in, leaning out. That's like the sacred yes and the hell no. That's your intuition. Why do we squelch it? Why do we say, okay, well, I just should do it. There's that dirty word that starts with SH, right? Well, I really should do it. Mm. and then it gets on your calendar and then you don't want to do it and then you're just like negative about it right? yes, and you resent the person you resent yes. who asked you and yes. you're like well and I say that because I feel like boundaries is no I don't feel like it it is boundaries are one of the things <laughs> I, I remember you talking about this on another episode I'm like it's Ooh. a constant work and yeah. 
I don't understand why it's so difficult for me, but yeah. it, uh, I'm better. I'm definitely better than I, than I was, but it, it is. And what I have seen now that I learn more and more about it is that the moment I say yes, and it gets on my calendar, I immediately begin resenting that person. Yes. And it's not their fault that I said, yes, right. I should have just said no. Yeah. So the next and time so, you lean in, say yes. The next time you lean out, think of a really nice way to say, Ooh, yeah. thanks for thinking of me. And I really can't take that on right now. <laughs> I've, I've really started to say, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah. So, and, and I love that it's yeah. my husband, Jerry will laughs at me all the time. He's like, well, what did you say? I said, I don't have the bandwidth for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, right. You know? And it's not about you. It's about the request. And I don't have the space for that. Yeah. yeah. So much of this, like you said, is, is all integrative. Uh, when it comes to being overwhelmed, stressed out, not having boundaries in place, maybe that's one of your recommendations, but what are some key ways that you can recommend that we manage st our stress to prevent that burnout? Yeah. Oh, and I love this because I'm going to just like poke, poke at that question right there. That word manage. Ooh. How mm. does that feel to you? No, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good because guess what you've just done. You've put another to do thing, another thing on your to do list, manage my stress. Uh huh. Another right? tab. Yeah. Another to do. Ew. Yuck. <laughs> well, I, I will point out that there's this funny thing called the burnout paradox out there, which is that burnout is a systemic issue. You did not burn yourself out. It's society. It's your job. It's expectations from your family. It's culture. It's whatever it is. It's happening outside of you and you are taking it in. And the weird thing is, especially when it's job related, you know, you burn out because of your job and yet whose job is it to fix that? Is it your job? Really? Mm. If the workplace well, is stressing you out, out. Yeah. <laughs> why is it your job to fix it? And what makes me crazy is usually it involves the words, you should just practice more self-care. Uh-huh. Right. So a couple words in there that we're going to pick at because I'm a language teacher. Number one, should. Whose should is that? I like to say that, you know, should is another dirty word that starts with SH and we are very good at shoulding all over ourselves all <laughs> the time. But whose should is that? Very often when you use the word should, that's your listening to the external. Like so-and-so says that I should be plant-based. So-and-so says that I should be doing HIIT workouts. So, you know, like, really? Is that what your body is asking for? <laughs> Number one is turn it back out. Like, no, this is not, I, I haven't done this to myself. There are problems with our world out there that are causing me to burn out. And the second one is just, just do that. Well, just do it. If it were that easy, I'd be doing it. Yeah. Why is it not easy? Right. And the final one is self-care. Self-care, just like, just like that word manage, like you have just added five things to this woman's list who has no time to do all the things that are on there already. So uh whether it's, you know, time with girlfriends or um, say it's a mani-pedi or a haircut or it's yoga, or, like nothing wrong with any of those. But why do we feel like that is self-care? Mm. Right. So I, I like to flip it around and say, you know, self-care is what Cosmo tells you you should be doing. Soul care 
is what the cosmos is asking you to do. Like oh. that's what it's trying to bring out in you. Right. I so, am going to, so on my Google <laughs> calendar, and I'm sorry to interrupt you on my Google calendar on Sundays, I keep them blocked. And I, I, it says on my calendar blocked self-care Sunday. I am changing that care. immediately when we get off of this soul oh care God. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Really think about, and, and one way I do this with clients is if, if they say that they want to start moving their body more, I say, great block off a time on your calendar. I don't care if it's only five minutes. I don't care if it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just make that like this sacred container in which you are going to spend some time on soul care. You may get to those 15 minutes and think, you know what? There's no way I'm moving my body. I need a nap. Those 15 minutes, you can take a nap. So what you're doing is you're creating this container and inside it, you have all these options. I could journal. I could read a book with some tea. I could take a nap. I could move my body. I could call a friend. Again, tune in. What is your body asking you for? And have that container of time set aside for it. Oh, that's brilliant. Because the first thing that, and I say, I'm going to say we, is that when when someone says you should just you should just <laughs> I immediately go I don't have time yeah I, I just don't have time there's no way so everything you're saying is clicking yeah. for me in in that <laughs> I will tell you that a lot of my clients get to the point where the word should comes out of their mouth and they're like well oh my god sorry <laughs> oh wow yeah I could see that yeah. That is so interesting. And, and a lot of it is really just bringing attention to something like that. Now, I tell you, you will probably leave this conversation. And for the at least a little while, every time you say should, you'll be like, well, yeah, that just come out of my mouth. Or if you say just my mission this year has been to stop using the word just and you'll hear me use it. I use it all the time. It's still a practice to not use it. But, but you I just try thinking, to do better. Yeah. And it really sort of came out of the whole um, George Floyd thing where it's like, if you tell somebody to just breathe, Ugh. that is offensive on so many levels now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started thinking, you know, interesting that that word just actually is in the word justice also. And I keep trying to train my brain to only use it where I mean just as in justice. Just. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm thinking too, in the grief world, one mm. of the things I really don't respond well to is when someone says, at least you know, at least you had, or at least you don't at, I don't like anyone to say that to me ever. And Mm -hmm. I have retrained myself where I don't say it to people. I can even, someone can tell me something going on. And I think in my head, well, you know, at least you, (laughs) and then I I just change it. And and thankfully I don't say it out loud anymore, but I, I, it's another one of those, those triggers that I I don't, I don't enjoy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I love it because it's another one of those language based things that Yeah. um, How about saying I choose to do something instead of I should do something? And everything you're saying too, and I I talk about this on every episode that we have a guest because it it is one of the things that is so interesting to me and Jerry is mindset. And what you are saying is it's also changing the way you're talking to yourself. 
Yep. It's actually try to get those words out. Yeah. And there's so much out there now about those inner voices, right? And Janine, Janine Roth calls it the crazy ant in the attic. You know, I have another client who says, you know, your itty bitty shitty committee, like those <laughs> inner voices, right? Those inner voices, those aren't you. Those right. are, you know, it's your dad or it's your mom or it's your older brother or like whoever you grow up with who has beaten you down, told you you're worthless, like all of that is somebody else's voice. If you really listen, what do you want to say to yourself and how do you want to say it? There's that whole thing about why do you talk to yourself that way? Would you say that to your best friend? Mm -hmm. If not, why aren't you deserving of the same respect? Think of the word steward. And I Mm. use this a lot with my emotional eating clients too, because people have tried to beat, manage, conquer, tackle, kill, control, All of those are so constricting and so stressful. And I'm going to say it. So it's a really masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Whereas the feminine energy is tend and mend, right? We move in circles. We move like a slinky. Everything keeps coming back around. Well, emotional eating, burnout, those are messages from your body. We wanted to take a pause for a second to tell you once again about how much we love Sugar Wish. If you're a regular listener, Sugar Wish isn't new to you. You already know how much we adore the fact that we count on Sugar Wish to send gifts to people. Why? Because it's easy. Yes. It's a time saver. Yes. You know the recipient is going to love it because they choose what they want. That's right. And it's not a gift that's going to take up space because it's edible. Yes. What's not to love? You forgot something. What's that? You save money because we have a code to share with our listeners. Oh my gosh, that's right. Use code Betty White. That's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off your gift to someone. We also have the link in the show notes. Yep. Whether you're gifting someone candy, snacks, tea, coffee, wine, or some dog treats to one lucky pup, that code works to save. Sugar Wish always saves the day. When you think about the word steward, most people think of it in now, I think, in terms of stewarding natural resources. And when I was growing up, stewardship was something that only churches talked about. I was you know, going to say churches. Community. Yes. <laughs> so think about what that means. The, the definition of steward is to take loving, mindful care of that which is entrusted to you. Yes. So think about doing that with your burnout or your emotional eating. Like, oh, here it comes again. I need to take care of it. I don't need to kill it. I don't need to manage it or control it because... It's going to come around again and again until you learn, oh, it's, it's here. I need to pay attention to it. It's sort of like, it's sort of like I used to do a lot of work with women in perimenopause and it's sort of like, you know, every month your body's like, hello, you need to take better care of me. I would love to just curl up with a hot water bottle and take a nap. And what do we do? Nope. Got to push through. Got to go to practice. Got to go to work. Got to do this. Got to do that. And you're just ignoring everything your body is asking for. And Christiane Northrup has this great thing where she's like, every month your body has been tapping you on the shoulder and whispering, please take care of me. And what do we do? We ignore it. So what's perimenopause? (laughs) I heard somebody call this the two by four ministry. It's like, okay, I have given you 30 years of whispers and quiet taps. And now I'm going to hit you over the head. Yeah. (laughs) Like, If you don't start taking care of me, you are going to have the hot flashes and the rage and the moodiness and the fatigue, like 
all of that is going to come to a head if you haven't been paying attention all along. The women who have the least problem with perimenopause are those who all along have been listening to what their body wants Mm. once a month when they start bleeding. So stewarding is all about noticing what's coming around. What's my body asking me for and actually honoring it. When I work on getting people to reverse the burnout train, the first step I ask them is engage, right? So my acronym is really fun. It's eat. And (laughs) so engage, uh engage your inner wisdom, figure out what your body's asking you for, figure out your deepest values, figure out your goals. Don't suppress them, right? The next one is align. So align is the A, align your daily choices with your values. If you want to start moving your body more when it comes to that choice of binge Netflix or work out, you either say, okay, I'm going to move my body while I'm watching Netflix. Great. I don't have a problem with that. Right. Take, taking care of it. Right. Or I have had other people who say, okay, for every 10 minutes I work out, I can watch 10 minutes of Netflix. Ah, Right. Have it all. Right. That's the crowding out idea. Like you don't have to say no to one. You can say yes to both. Aligning your daily choices with those values. You are moving your body and you're still allowing yourself some treats along the way. Oh, this is so great. This is so great. The last one is the one that you've brought up this question of habit stacking, right? Transforming your life is not a grand gesture. It is not, you know, changing your life through what I call the witness protection program diet, which is like, you know, it involves a plane ticket, a lot of cash and a change of identity, right? You're (laughs) going to just disappear and go be someone else. And that's how you're going to solve all your problems. Well, guess what? Wherever you go, there you are. There's your problem. And there's your problem. You are still there. Yes. So the idea is transforming your life is usually not in those grand gestures. It's about those little tiny habits. So when I work with a client, my first request to them is figure out how much water you need to drink in a day and work your way toward that. Because a lot of us are dehydrated. A lot of us are dehydrated and it causes a lot of problems. Yes. And people look at me like, really? I'm paying you and you're telling me to drink more water? Yes. (laughs) It's life changing if you start increasing your water intake by a glass a day until you're at that Goldilocks. Most right. Okay. You reach that point where you're like, Ooh, I feel good. And then you stay with that amount of water. Okay. I'm going to add a green salad before lunch and dinner. That small. That's the micro habit. If you can do something that painless every day for a week and then add another habit and then add another habit. And they should all be, there's that should word. They can all be that tiny. Right. Right. So think about stacking those habits one on top of the other instead of suddenly saying, I'm going to run five miles today when you're a couch potato. Not going to happen. Your program is called Eat Your Way to Health. The program is actually called Eat Your Way to Health. Yeah. (laughs) That, of course, helps everyone mentally and physically. So do you offer that program to individuals and to uh, I do. And- yeah, actually working with me one-on-one or in a group as a health coach, we cover much of the same information and okay. it's very tailored to you. The program I'm working on now is actually going to be a program that is online on Teachable and uh, organizations will be able to license it for their employees. Oh, so, okay. you know, these employees can go through it at their own pace and it's, it'll be like an employee wellness benefit 
in addition to you know the health insurance and the dental and the vision so that would be ideal if, if i went to if I, when you said earlier that you're completely unemployable, I feel the same way. If I were to be employed again by someone, by a, a, an organization, and they told me that they offered that, yeah. I, I, I would. Yeah, I would, it would really set your yes. employee benefits package apart if you could say, and we have this program that you can yes. do on your own time, you know, at your own pace. And, you know, there are office hours and you can pay for extra coaching, whatever, but the program itself is going to be licensed to organizations that can that can then use it. And I've had some interesting experiences with it because I used to take individuals through it and then I t- took four different groups through it. And now I'm looking to to turn it into this completely online program. And I've had people say, you know, we want to do it for our, just our C-suite or we want to make this available to everybody. I had one woman tell me who went through the program, she said, you know, I have a direct report who kicked ass during the pandemic like she did so much work and she did it so well and she's burning out so we're going to give her a bonus and in addition to the check I would love to pay for her to go through your program I'm like oh. yes offer this as a bonus that is brilliant. <laughs> what a wonderful boss yeah. that is I, mean, I know wonderful. right yeah so that's what I'm up to these days and like I said all those all those past lives came <laughs> came to fruition. Full circle. I can, I can see from the outside how it all works together. I'm glad that you can as well. (laughs) What is one key lesson, one key takeaway that you would advise people to, to do today? If there was one thing that they could do to improve their life, what would you say? Tune in, tune into that intuition, watch how Mm. you talk to yourself and change your mind literally by how you talk to yourself. <laughs> okay. So your fast five are tailored to you. It's a this or that. Do you prefer smoothie out the door or a sit down breakfast? Sit down breakfast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Broccoli or cauliflower? Broccoli. Okay. <laughs> Microwave or oven? Absolutely oven. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode on energetics and we'll talk about microwaves. Taking a hike or relaxing in a hammock? Taking a hike. Hammocks make me seasick. Oh, I feel <laughs> seasick. But like I, more these days than I ever was before. Yeah, so that's yeah. I just moved back to Vermont after 35 years away and hiking is big on my list right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sunrise or sunset? Oh, another Vermont question. I was, I, I thought I was firmly a sunset girl, a sunrise girl because I'm an early bird. I get up at four every day. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I live in a place where if I walk to the top of the hill, I can see the sunset over Lake Champlain. And I'm like, Ooh, I think I might be converted. Yeah. So let's go with sunsets. Yes. Where do you live? If you don't mind me asking in Vermont. I live in South Burlington. Okay. I I was going to say the only place I've ever visited in Vermont was Burlington. And I loved it. On the lake. Yep. Oh, I just loved it. Well, the question we ask everyone, and we think it's the most important is what does a life well lived mean to you? I would say a life well lived, a life well lived really engages our intuition and allows us to transform ourselves into beings that can fulfill our highest purpose on this planet, whatever that is. Oh, Yes. Well, Lisa, please tell our audience where they can find you because I believe one of the, the 
maybe boundaries or things that you do listening to yourself is that you're not on social media, correct? I'm not on social media. I love that. I left in 2021 and I have not looked back. I can't, I mean. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not sure that counts as social media. I am on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is very helpful, I think. (laughs) Great. The easiest thing to do is to go to my online home, which is my website. And it's simply health coaching dot com and you can there's a hyphen in there but i've bought i've gotten both urls so don't worry about okay. the hyphen simplyhealthcoaching.com okay. and everything is there okay i'm going to link all of that in the show notes and your information and thank you so much for being here we really appreciate it thank you i loved being here well wow that was great always impressed by everybody who comes up here and once again yeah that was very impressive yeah all of a yeah. sudden i felt like we were uh, talking like we were on npr yeah. <laughs> well, we've worked on cultivating that for some time now. Yes, we have. Yes. Well, you know, um, she was, Lisa was very informative. I, one of the things I have taken away since the interview with her is watching the words that I say. So I try not to say the word H A T E and I feel like I could just drop that all the time and, you know, or I'm sick of whatever. Uh I think she has made me realize that the things that are sort of going on in your head and really translates to your body and your life. And I don't know. Negative self-talk. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what she does for businesses and getting their team, you know, getting their teams to get healthy and, and what a great asset that is if businesses really take that on. I mean, it, it reduces their, their insurance rates. It reduces folks being out of work. I mean, it's a great incentive to have a service like hers. Oh I, yeah. I would, th- I would think so. Mm-hmm. I would want it in my business. Right. Yeah. Or I would want it as an employee of a, of a business or an employee you know? of a business. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a really great thing. Yeah. Well, sure. if this episode resonated with you, maybe you thought of someone and said, OMG, Sally would really like to hear this or, or John yeah. or, or Danny. Uh-huh. Tina, maybe Tina. Yeah. Tina needs to eat her food, Tina. Yeah. No, no playing dynamite. Little Joe. Little Joe. <laughs> or whoever you thought of, just, you know, send it their way and say, hey, there was this really great conversation on the Arner Adventures podcast per usual. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, y'all. Sharing is caring, and we know that they will appreciate it. As always, you can find us at ArnerAdventures.com, on Instagram at ArnerAdventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>